Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a decent week here at Massive Late Fee. It is January 12th. 1996. That sounds so much better. And my toe is broken. That does not sound so much better. What do you mean that sounds better? <sighs> it sounds better than the fee. What are you talking about? You've said that I a said couple the times. Date. What? I said the date. And you said that sounds better. Because so you January were... 12th sounds better. January no. 12th, 1996 sounds better than the fee. I'm saying brought to you by or presented by or whatever the fuck you say. Massive late fee sounds better than the fee. Okay, great. That's all? Maybe you should have said that yesterday when I said it yesterday. Oh, okay. All right, so you don't want me to say the fee anymore? No, because it makes me think of, like, Pepe Le Pew or something. Yeah, you said that. Either. It's... I. And so, if if those of you who heard our best of episode might have heard that exchange, I don't know if you just remember that exchange or if it's hardwired in your brain. It's hardwired in my brain. When you hear the word fee, you think Pepe Le Pew, even though you used to think it was Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> like the other day, she was singing along to. Oh no! <laughs> uh, come out and play by the Offspring. No. <laughs> And it was the resurgence of the, <laughs> if you're under 18, we'll be doing it in time. <laughs> Instead of, if you're under 18, you won't be doing any time. In my brain, mm-hmm. they're having sex. And that's so not what that song's about at all. <laughs> songs about gang violence in Los Angeles. <laughs> or wherever the hell the offspring come from, I think somewhere in California. But... Yeah, that song's not, like the least sexual song in the world. I guess my brain makes everything sexual. I guess so. Speaking of sexuality, new rule in the house. Hmm. No more cyber talk. What? <laughs> so, Bob Talbert, uh, who's one of the columnists in the New York or the New York and the Detroit Free Press, has a message for everybody. He wants to ban all things cyber, you know, cyberspace, cyber, whatever, and cyber sex. <laughs> he he wants to ban cyber talk completely in his house. Wow. All the flirting and stuff like that, online flirting. Mm-hmm. He doesn't like it. Well, then he doesn't have to do it. I think he's going to lose a wife or something. <laughs> to cyber sex. Very weird. One word starting to rise towards the enough's enough level. Crunch. Is like munch? The, you know, that's like the word crunch. Critics use it to describe an actor's technique, guitar sounds, a hot trend in foot. What does it say? Foot. Or food, sorry. <laughs> a hot trend in food. Okay. Uh, a foot. A crunchy food? foot. I know your toe is broken, but damn. Oh, yeah, I never even got into that, guys. I destroyed my toe. It's not good. It keep, no. if, if I cry out in pain at some point, it's because there's periodic stabs of pain in my toe. Not because I stabbed him. Not this time. 
Maybe next time, though. But is Julia Roberts dating a friend? Like a cast member of yeah, friends? Yeah, you got it. I was I was going to try to trick you. Well, Like it was one of her friends. Apparently, she's been cited with Matthew Perry. Okay. One of the three cute male friends. Was she on the show? Mm, I don't think so. No? I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't watch that show often enough to know if she was on the show. Because it seems like, you know, how would they meet? I don't know. <laughs> they, they both live in Hollywood. Look, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm just wondering how her and Matthew, Matthew Perry, Perry lives on Pluto. So I get why <laughs> why you think it might be difficult for well, them to they, meet. It's not like they've been in a movie together. Have so. they been doing an award show at the same time? I mean, there's so many ways at a party well, at a mutual friend's true. house. Okay. How does anyone meet? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how life happens. How would they meet? That seems weird, though. Like, she's way better looking than him. I disagree. Really? She's got a horse face. She does not. Those big teeth and stuff. I don't like it. She's very pretty. Okay. Well, good for her. <laughs> she's not not my cup of tea, as they say. Uh, Susan Sarandon tried valiantly to get back to New York where the Snowden media has arrived to talk to her part of the press junket for her acclaimed movie, Dead Man Walking. Oh. But she couldn't get there. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, snow kept her away. So that sucks. We'll have to see that movie. Yeah. Okay, so this says couples' online flirtations are often harmless. Dear Ann Landers, this is Ann Landers. You want to hear a, a letter to Ann Landers? Sure. Letter from overmaneuvered in air or outmaneuvered. Sorry, outmaneuvered in Arizona. Hit close to home. He was the man whose wife began an affair over the computer six months ago. My wife Betsy quotes not real name, obviously. So I love that he picks a. He's got to pick a fake name, and he picks Betsy. <laughs> told me I had been uh, neglecting her because of my long hours on the night shift. Thinking it would occupy her time, I showed Betsy how to use the online chat service. Oh, no, that was not smart. Before long, she was spending hours every night on the computer chatting with men. Betsy told me not to be threatened. She even showed me some pornographic images Oh, geez. sent to her by one of her new friends. I asked why she would continue to talk to people who would send such kinky pictures. She insisted they were nice guys, and it was all fun. Two months ago, I found a computer message Betsy had saved. She had told someone named Brian that she was falling in love with him. Oh, no. And was eager to meet him in a neutral city to find out if they were soulmates in a neutral city. Wow. It's like a football game. We've got to meet in a neutral city, Brian. That there's no, no home front advantage. Right, it'll be it won't be fair, you know, any other way. When I confronted her, she said it was a joke. Oh my! Then I found a message saying she was sending Brian a video of her stripping. 
This shook me up and made me realize the fun and games had gone too far. This is when you realize right? the fun and games had gone too far? <laughs> She's showing you uh, pictures of guys' dicks, and that's not uh, enough to, for you to know that the fun and games have gone too far? Right? Holy shit. Uh, anyway, uh, I told Betsy the computer was destroying our marriage. She said I was being ridiculous. Last week I got uh, uh, on the day shift and hope this will help. Meanwhile, Betsy is still online with Brian, running up charges in excess of $300 a month, Fresno. Wow. Here is Ann Lander's response to Fresno. I have some <laughs> responses that I could give to Fresno here. <laughs> Dear Fresno, I have been hearing a lot of, uh, of late about online romances and have concluded that there are now hundreds of married men and women flirting with strangers in this manner. We've talked about this before. Yes, we have. And you said this isn't cheating. I did say that. I think I changed my mind. You and your wife should seek joint counseling at once. (laughs) Other married folks who are engaging in what appears to be a harmless pastime should be aware that they are playing with fire. Therapists have labeled this a genuine addiction. And that's it. That's what she says. That's it? Yeah. Her advice is to get counseling at once. Seriously? That's your advice? How about, you know, tell your wife... To uh, take that modem and shove it up her fucking ass. How about that? Yeah, I think it's do- I think it's over. Yeah, you've allowed this. Unfortunately, Fresno, you've allowed this to go too far. <laughs> if you had stopped it at the guys are sending naked pictures to my wife phase, maybe you could have had joint counseling and and fixed it. But she's, she's sending love. She's sending nude photos back. She thinks that she's in love with. One of these guys, quote unquote, Brian, this fucking uh, low life Brian, by the way, what what kind of what kind of coward is sitting behind a computer trying to steal other people's wives? Well, I mean, in Brian's defense, does he even know she's married? I bet he does. I've already painted Brian as the villain in my head. Okay. I think (laughs) Betsy is the villain. I think Betsy's a little slut. Well, yeah. I agreed. They, they both are. I mean, I understand whatever she was feeling like neglected and stuff, but, you know, she got his attention. Now knock it off. Yeah. No good. <sighs> Poor dude. Have you ever uh, sent uh, pornographic images across the computer? What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess the internet didn't really exist before we started dating. So you would, we would have had to have been dating when you did it. So I'm guessing no. Correct. <laughs> have you ever received pornographic images from guys? Unfortunately. Really? Yeah. What happened? Um, I blocked them. Interesting. But yeah, sometimes, you know, you're chatting with somebody and then all of a sudden you get a picture. Surprise dick. Yeah. It's no good. <laughs> That is not a surprise any lady wants. Right. Yeah, it's the most sensual part of the body, of anyone's body, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's messed up. But yes. I guess guys do that, right? Unfortunately, yeah. I don't know why. Like, why do you guys think that women want to see your dicks? Your dicks? Yes. <laughs> your dick pics. Your dick pics. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I like that. Dick pic. <laughs> We've coined a new phrase here, dick pic. Have you ever sent or received pornographic images? Mm-mm. 
Women don't do that unsolicited, I don't think, and I've never, I've never sent uh, a pornographic image. Right answer. It's the honest answer. Good. I would hurt you. <laughs> it's not like I got a ton to, to uh, you know, be proud of photogenically. <laughs> oh, come on now. You have a very pretty penis. Do I? Yes. You should be very proud. I don't know if pretty is the... Proud of your pretty penis. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if pretty is the right adjective that that guys (laughs) would want to hear about their penis. I don't know. I think we want more aggressive, like, terminology. But, like, aggressive is not attractive. I guess. But is it a petite pretty penis? No. Come on. That's what I'm getting at. Pretty makes it seem small, right? Does it? I think so, yeah. Okay, fine. So it's like a giant and gorge, like... It's not giant. The robbing Thor's hammer of a penis. <laughs> See, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> Guys would much rather hear that. Okay. None of that's true. <laughs> but I'll tell you what is true. Mike Duffy, Captain Videophile himself, one of our frequent contributors here. At Massively Feet has, or and by that I mean I just steal what he writes, um, has given Third Rock from the Sun three out of four stars. We watched Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah, we did. I, I think it deserves more than three out of four. What do you think? I think it deserves about three out of four. Really? It's a, but his headline is John Lithgow brings star quality to extraterrestrial comedy. Okay. And he says, okay, it's really, really silly. It is really yes. silly. But the intergalactic slapstick of Third Rock from the Sun isn't made for morons. Not exactly, I mean. A classy, dramatic actor like John Lithgow isn't going to hook hook up with the lowest common denominator laugh track idiots when he makes his sitcom starring debut, is he? But when you're making a loopy farce about screwballs from outer space, you expect a certain amount of skeptical... Tongue clucking. Weird. What a weird phrase, yeah. Mike Duffy. It is uh, definitely odd. It says, this is a quote from John Lithgow, we consider ourselves to be a smart show, but we felt it could play anywhere. Actually, that's from producer Tom Warner. So anyway. Uh, but that's Mike Duffy gives it three out of four. I thought that would be a good segue into us talking about third rock from the sun which uh refers to earth in case you guys didn't know because it's the uh the third rock-like planet from the yellow dwarf star you know that um that we call the sun that makes it sound like there are not rock-like planets between us and the sun like like there's a vaporous planet or a water planet but you know we're we're all you know planets <laughs> That's like a motiva- you're like a motivational speaker for the solar system. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're vapor-like. It doesn't matter if you're gaseous. It doesn't matter if you're rock. We're all planets. <laughs> Deep down. There are, there are non-rock planets. Yes. They're not between us and the sun. We are the third planet from the sun. Yes, that is correct. Not the third rock. Well, we are the third rock. We're the third rock-like planet from the sun. Both those things are true. It's just there's only rock planets. There's Mercury, Venus, Earth. 
But then, and then Mars. And then after that, there are gaseous planets that are not rock planets. Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, uh, um, Neptune, and Pluto. Do they have a core? Ah, uh, that's a great question. I Yeah, they have some sort of core. Okay. They all have some sort of core. Uh, it depends on what planet you're talking about as to exactly what the core is made of. I believe, and I'd have to look this up, I'd have to go to the encyclopedia and look this up, because I don't remember off the top of my head, but I believe that Jupiter's is... I want to see. it sounds wrong, but... I want to say it's like ice. It's like an hmm. ice ice core. Like there's okay. there's material in there, but it's like an ice instead of a molten core. One of the planets, I don't remember which one, but one of the planets has an ice core. It might be actually it might be like Neptune because it's farther out, you know. Um but uh, and Neptune's like frozen methane. Hmm. Is what that planet's made of. But they're all made of different. It's their gas clouds surrounding some sort of core, basically. So they're not just gas. No. But there's no, as far as I know, there's no, like, surface per se to land on. I mean, not anyone that you'd want to. Well, I don't think we'd want to get anywhere near any of those planets. Well, I wouldn't. But uh, I'm sure astronauts would. Sounds terrible. Don't you think? Don't you space think it, travel sounds awful. Well, is, was space travel awful for these guys? This cast of wacky characters? <laughs> wow, I almost forgot why we were talking about this. <laughs> well, no, they seem to be having quite a bit of fun. John Lithgow, some guy that can't open his eyes all the way, named French Stewart. <laughs> huh? Like, he, oh, he, looks, he, he, oh, he looks like he's always staring at the center of the sun. Right. What is with this dude? Yeah, no, yeah, he looks stoned all the time. There's, oh, maybe he is. Maybe he's stoned all the time. Maybe. There's the little kid who is, oh, I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, um, Joseph Gordon Levitt. That's the name of the actor. I believe his character's name is Tommy. Mm-hmm. And then there's French Stewart who plays dumb guy. I don't know his name. <laughs> John Lithgow's character's name is Dick. Yes. Uh, I'm sure they're going to get some mileage out of that Probably. As, as episodes go on. And then there's Sally, who is played by Sally Kellerman. No, hmm. she, she, no she's, she was... Sally Kellerman was uh, in MASH. Um, what is her name? I knew it, but I don't... I can't think of it now. I knew it before. When we were, when we were like, you know, when we were looking in the TV guide, I always look up the people's names. Uh-huh. And I cannot remember her name. You know I'm terrible with names, or I would try to help you. Well, you know, you know John Lithgow, of course. Well, you've said his name several times, so I do now. But I mean, Christian, Kristen Johnston, Johnston, yeah, huh, Kristen Johnston. So she's got she's got one of those names that you could mix you could mix up either of the name. Yeah, it's Kristen or Kir- yeah, Kristen, not Kirsten. Or not Christy, and it's Johnston, not, not, Johnson. not Johnson. She's really pretty. Uh, no? Kind of. I think she is. It's, she's got, she's a, she's like a, 
very baritone type voice. Yeah, she does. And she's like a bigger lady, like like she's like tall and broad and stuff, she but she's some... got a curvaceous body. Yeah, it's weird. And she's got nice hair. She does have nice hair. And big lips. She looks like she has long legs. Yeah. So. I think she's attractive. I guess. I mean, you know, she's fine. I mean, she's much more attractive than John Lithgow. Well, yeah. <laughs> that goes without saying. So, Not John Lithgow looks like a potato someone left out in the sun. I mean, if we're going to, you know, say anyone in this cast is sexy, going to be her. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> The little boy? That's the kid, yeah. Okay, are you trying to go to jail, you freak? He uh, has some a sexy side plot. It's gross. It's gross because he's a little boy. But it's not. But here's the thing. Like, so I think he's supposed. They he's supposed really, to be like thirteen. I and I think he probably is. Yeah. I think that actor probably is thirteen. Well, I like it because he looks young. Because usually in Hollywood, they'll get. Like a 22-year-old to play right. a 13-year-old. <laughs> but he, I think, is actually around the age he's supposed to be. Yeah. And he's going through puberty, he says, so he's attracted to all these. Now, he, this dude, Dick, he teaches at a college. What does he teach? I want to know, what the fuck does he teach? I think it's physics. But how does he understand physics, earth physics, when they're, like, brand new? They've been there for two days. What? <laughs> Sweetie. What? <laughs> Earth physics. Shut up. Physics is universal. <laughs> That's the whole the whole point of it is that it applies to the fundamental forces that work on our universe. There's so it's no, like, like the only thing an alien could teach. Pretty much. Got it. That and math are like universal languages. Here. Everywhere. That's the point. <laughs> two plus two equals four, no matter where you are in the universe. That's, I mean, the those numbers might mean nothing. Like, those symbols might mean nothing to another, another being. Mm-hmm. But that concept, you have two things, you have another two things, now you have four things. That's, yeah. that's universal. Yeah. Earth physics. Two could be called Gorschlop and four could be called... Gimmel, but you know, <laughs> Gorschlap and Gorschlap is Gimmel. I love the efforts, but yes, correct. Fuck off. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, he teaches Earth physics uh, at an Earth college. <laughs> but what I'm, my point is, is why is that Tommy kid there? He's supposed to be in high school, right? Yeah, and he's going up to. Is this also a slash high school? He, and he, or is he teaching high school? And if he's teaching high school, why is there a dean? And he goes up to this woman that's on the volleyball team and's like, uh, oh, you know, like I, I really enjoyed watching you bounce and, and stuff like that. And she's like, yeah, it was a good game or whatever. He's like, oh, it's a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny he, how he loved to watch the volleyball game because he loved watching them jump, but he had no idea what was going on. Well, and the thing is, is he's older. He's older than Dick is apparently. Right. He's like the oldest one in the in the crew. Just like Sally's a guy. Yeah. But he's but he's uh you know the youngest one here but he, and he's still apparently the bodies they're inhabiting are real. They're not just holograms. They're not just for you know like like underneath they're they're not 
maybe their consciousness is in there or whatever, mm-hmm. because he's feeling physical, the physical, like, triggers of being in a human adolescent body. Right. So weird. So I don't know how exactly they did it. I mean, at one point he says, give me your mind, dick. Yeah. And then he just looks at him and apparently, I guess, goes in his mind and he sees all the the depraved sexual stuff he's thinking of. And then he's appalled by it. So I guess maybe they can just put their minds or consciousnesses into things. I don't know. I don't get it. But what I really, really want to know is he looked in his mind. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, that's what you think about. And he's like, yes, all the time. And then at some point he's like, I could pop at any moment. Does that mean what I think it means? What do you think it means? Well, it could mean a couple things. And they both have to do with penises. Okay, well, then I'm going to guess that it's whatever it is, it's gross then. <laughs> <laughs> because if they both have to do with penises. <laughs> well, either he could pop a tent, like he could get an erection any I don't moment, think that's what he's talking about. Or he could just... Just in his pants at any moment? I don't think that's what he's talking about Then what is he talking about? I think he's talking about this appendage is becoming so engorged that it could pop open. Ew. Like like just split. That's even worse. Because he doesn't understand the physiology of human beings. That that, that obviously that's not going to happen. I think that's part of the joke. It's kind of aping off of what Mike Duffy said, I suppose. This show is very silly. Like, very silly. It's very different from Friends. There's nothing slick about it at all. Right. But it's clever, too. Like, there, there's a lot of under-the-radar kind of humor. And it's only the first one. This is the first. It just came out, like, yesterday. It's the only uh, It's the only episode they've made. So, well, I don't know if they've made other episodes. But the only episode they've aired so far. So, I, I feel like this show has... has the framework where it could easily get better, too. But it's pretty clever. And I enjoyed it. It's, it's one, I, one I would watch again, I think. What do you think? Yeah, I'd watch it again. I mean, I, I am kind of interested to see how they'll continue to fare. I mean, it's, it's the ultimate fish-out-of-water story. Yeah. Where it's like, it's four people that have no idea of any of the conventions. They, they rent this apartment... And they're all pawing over the, the <laughs> landlord, uh, the or landlady, yeah, the the woman that's renting them this apartment, uh, be, you know, not in a sexual way, but just like examining her almost, and examining the, her sweater, her angora sweater that she's wearing, and all this stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's really weird. Very, very weird. But Ugh. yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was. Uh... It's funny, but also uncomfortable. Oh, and Jane Curtin's in it as well. Oh, the lady he shares an office with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Former Saturday Night Live cast member Jane Curtin. It's funny, like, at one point they kiss, and uh, she slaps him, mm-hmm. and then he starts slapping her back. Because he thinks that's what you do, apparently. And then he kisses and slaps another person just I think, randomly. I think it's the dean. Yeah. I think she's supposed to be the dean because it's her party. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird. The whole thing's weird. But... What what I think really works about this is I think the writing's good, and John Lithgow, Jane Curtin, this uh, Kristen Stewart or not Kristen Stewart, Kristen Johnston, and even the Fr- French Stewart and this Jordan goes Joseph Gordon Levitt. These people have such weird names. Yeah, 
they're all talented comedians. They're all funny. Yes. Uh, especially the women, the two women, I think, and, and John Lithgow. I think those three. The French Stewart's a little broad for me, I guess. He's he's like, eh, like it's yeah. It's all very. It's all based on his appearance, how he looks, and how he sounds. But I think the two women, Kristen Johnston and Jane Jane Curtin, obviously goes back, you know, a while in comedy. Uh, and John Lithgow, I think all three of them are the the strong core of their their very talented comedic people, mm-hmm. and I think they make the show what it is. Well, we'll see if it continues. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll see if I think this is one that's going to last. Some you can you can tell. I think I mean I don't know how long, but you can tell. I think when you watch a show the first few times, I remember watching Seinfeld. Uh, I didn't see the first season, but I remember watching the second season. I've seen the first season subsequently in reruns, but I didn't see it when it first aired. But I watched the second season, so I don't know. I can't, you know, going having gone back and watching the first season of Seinfeld, I'm like, mm, I don't know if I would have thought this was going to last. But watching the second, I'm watching the second season live when it came out. I remember thinking, I think this this has this has potential yeah. to go somewhere, you know. And I think a lot of times you can tell. You know, we'll we'll watch shows sometimes like that one that, what the fuck was that terrible one that we watched? Oh God, with the with the guy whose family disappeared or whatever. They died in a plane crash or whatever. Yeah, they they were on the same plane as Party of Five's family, (laughs) right? Uh, yeah, they uh like that show. I don't think that show's going anywhere. Fuck no, that show should never have started, Mm -hmm. let alone continue. But yeah, so I think. I think you can kind of tell, and I think this show's got legs. And it's got a lot of star power behind it, too. So yeah. With John Lithgow and Jane Curtin, they're both known right. in the industry. So well, I, think, uh, I think they got a chance. We'll see. All right. Well, speaking of having a chance, <laughs> we watched a movie that got a chance to have a sequel, and then we watched the sequel. <laughs> yeah, last night uh, we watched Grumpier Old Men. Yep, we went to the theater and we uh had the popcorn. Yep. And we watched two old men romance two older women. It was <laughs> with an even older man romancing an even older woman and then dying and getting his ashes spread in the ocean. You know what, though? And it's a hilarious comedy. Exactly. I mean, you make it sound terrible, but it was actually really cute. I'm going to say a series of things that sound like banana. Pe- what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a series of things that sound like banana. Anyway, continue. What the fuck? <laughs> Does that come from something? Or is it guava, <laughs> tangerine. Um, I'm gonna say a series of things that sound like put downs. Okay, but don't freak out. So this movie is meandering. The 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 whole thing it's like it just kind of goes from place to place. It's like the prow of a ship. It just goes back and forth and it like there's no strong narrative drive to anything. Situations will come up that could cause conflict and they'll cause conflict for that scene and then it's over. Yeah. Like at one point, what's her name? Uh, Ariel is her character's name. I can't think of 
Anne Margaret. Anne Margaret thinks that Jack Lemons cheated on her with Sophia Loren. And they argue about it for a scene and then it's over. She leaves him like four times in this movie. These people, I don't, I don't understand any of these characters because these people leave each other at the drop of a dime for yeah. no reason at all. No one knows how to have a fight in this, right? In this entire movie. But anyway, so it's meandering. There's no narrative drive to it at all. Uh, things just kind of happen. Um, and it's, like, there's not much of a plot. There's not a ton of things that really happen in the movie. Uh, most of it just seems like an excuse for, you know, one uh, scene after another. Um, there's very contrived conflicts in the movie. Uh, at one point, Walter Matthau and Jack Lemon decide, we hate each other again. Like in the first movie. So we're going to have a montage of us playing pranks on each other. Because that was funny in the first movie. So even though it doesn't make any sense for us to... And, and we're going to make up with, like with, all, with no consequences. Um, you know, and, and everything. All that stuff happens in the movie. And, and it doesn't make a whole lot of character sense. And the montage, it's like a day. Mm-hmm. But it feels like it should be so much longer yeah and the movie feels a little long too um but it's kind of a good movie because and i think the meandering pace of the movie is on purpose because basically what we're doing i don't know if any of you have have ever heard garrison keeler uh i think a prairie home companion is like a race it's a rate it's a radio show that he does Right, Prairie Home Companion. Yeah, like a cowboy's like nurse. Like I don't understand this. <laughs> no, it's it's Prairie Dogs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's Prairie Dogs. It's an <laughs> online service selling Prairie Dogs to people. <laughs> I don't get this. It's a radio show. Where they go to this little town on the prairie, mm-hmm. kind of like a little house on the prairie, right? Uh-huh. But it's it's more tongue in cheek and comedy stuff, right? Um, I can't remember what what it's on. It might be on the national public radio or something like that. But Garrison Keillor does it, right? okay. And it's kind of it kind of reminds me of that a little bit, uh, where basically. What we're doing in this movie is dropping down on these characters and spending time with these characters. And we like spending time with these characters because we like these characters. Yeah. And there's no real reason for like a strong narrative drive to the movie because we're just spending time in their lives and it's just their lives happening. And that's it. But, I mean, I, I do disagree a little bit with, like, the lack of a plot. There's definitely a plot. There's stuff that happens, but, I mean, it's, like, things don't proceed from, like, a, it's not a classic, like, three-act structure, this this movie. It, it You know, like, things don't proceed from one to the next to the next. I disagree. The beginning of the movie, he, you know, Sophia Loren moves in. Yeah. And opens the restaurante mm-hmm. where the bait shop bait used shop. to be. 
And he is unhappy about that, and there's conflict. Mm -hmm. The second part of the movie is them falling in love with each other. And the third part of the movie is them ending up together. Well, I guess. And then they've got the classic beginning of the third act. They they split apart because they... Yeah, okay, I guess. I guess it has a, at least at least that storyline has a three act structure. Well, I mean, is you there... would you would call that the main storyline of the movie? Yeah. What about the kids that are getting married? Definitely the B plot. What's her, what's his name? Uh, Kevin Pollock and Daryl Hannah getting married. Mhm. I don't and like the, their storyline. And that kid doesn't like him because he's not her real dad. But that's never addressed. She just eventually she he puts on a costume so she likes him. <laughs> I don't and that the thing the thing I most didn't like about this movie is none of the conflict makes any sense. Okay. She like Sophia Loren likes Walter Matthau inexplicably. He's nothing but mean to her at the beginning, but she likes him. Which he's bold. Which shows, though, like she was married five times before, right? Mm-hmm. So she has terrible taste in men, and mm-hmm. she's probably been with a bunch of guys who treat her like shit. Which is why her mom knows. Oh no, she likes the one that treats her like shit. Yeah, you could be right, but but that's not a positive. You no, know, serious psychological issues, but still. But so she she likes him, and then her mom's like, "Hey, you've been married five times." You're gonna. You're just making another mistake. You thought those guys were it. This guy's not gonna be it. Why get married a sixth time? You know, you can't just date. You're you're 65 years old. <laughs> you can't just date for the rest of your life. You've got to get married because kids. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't get it. I don't understand why they got to get married. But anyway, um, she's like, you know, so you should just give him up or whatever. And she's like, you're right, Mama. And she doesn't. She's like. You know, that, that, that's so arbitrary to me. She starts yeah. dating him, and she's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to string him along. She's like, if you care about him, then you'll, you won't see him anymore, which makes no sense. And then she's like, doesn't tell him or anything. She just stands him up, which is so mean. Ann Landers, or not Ann Landers, Ann uh, Margaret gets angry at Jack Lemon like three times and mm-hmm. moves out like three times in this movie for dumb reasons well i mean she thought he cheated on her the one time but she but kicked him she, out you shouldn't move out for that no yeah she kicked him out for because why because he was being mean to sophia loren yeah but it's i, I guess maybe her motivation is a little bit stronger but then it's like daryl hannah's like oh i you know we're moving too fast and i don't like this and yeah that was really dumb yeah that that makes no it comes out of nowhere it's not it's not hinted at at all no. before then it comes out of nowhere and it's dumb and then it gets resolved off screen by the yes. way <laughs> i mean it was a true because, it was a true whammy moment yeah and the one like really surprising thing that the movie did but their storyline gets resolved off screen and then like i said the the kids get into a fight so then jack lemon and walter math are like well now we're in a fight and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that was stupid. I mean, it happened because they were mad because each other's kid hurt their kid. and let's, so then... let's be real. It happened because in the first movie, everyone talked about how fun that montage was of them playing pranks on each other. And they were like, <laughs> the, the writers are like, they're friends now. How are we going to do this? Oh, let's just manufacture some bullshit conflict. Right. It was kind of funny to watch them play pranks on Sophia Loren in the beginning. 
Kind of, yeah. They didn't together. They, they don't they don't take it very far. No. Like in any of the cases, it's basically a scene. Yeah. Like I said, most of the movie is just hanging around. Most of the movie is sitting in Walter Matthau's uh, home watching lesbians on Geraldo <laughs> and stuff like that. That's what most of the movie is. I, d- I don't think that's true. Well, most of the movie is just hanging out with them. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's a very laid back feeling to the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's fine. And the, this movie didn't need a sequel. Grumpy Old Men didn't need a sequel. Mm. It was a surprise hit. It's like the last gasp of this generation of actors and everything. And it didn't need a sequel, but I guess they felt like Walter Matthau's got to get his own uh, attractive woman from the past. So let's find Sophia Loren. She's not (laughs) doing anything. Now, let me ask you, Walter Matthau, not as good looking as Jack Lemmon. Oh, my God. Has that always been the case? Yes. Is Walter Matthau older than Jack Lemmon? He is. Okay, you can tell. He His face looks like one of those dogs, like a Sharpay, just like a... He looks like a hound dog. That's what he looks like. Uh, looks like deputy dog. Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. <laughs> yeah, he's seven years older than Jack Lemmon. Okay. See, that makes sense. They have a cute relationship, an old man cute relationship, and you can tell they've been friends for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite stories is Walter Matthau had a heart attack, and uh, it's hilarious so far, right? <laughs> Walter Ma- Matthau, I think they were rehearsing or something like that, and Walter Matthau had a heart attack, and Jack Lemon was there. And was worried about him. He comes over to, you know, Walter Matthau's side and he's like, uh, he's like, you know, oh, Walter, Walter, are you doing okay? And um, Walter Matthau looks at me and goes, I make a living. (laughs) (laughs) In the middle of a heart attack. (laughs) But yeah, they, they, they have a, you know, a genuine friendship Mm -hmm. that has been cultivated over years. And that chemistry is palpable on the screen yeah and that's this i mean the strength of the strength of this movie is the off-screen relationship of its two stars i guess what you so you will you talk about the movie then no i mean i just think that it's cute mm-hmm. you know it's enjoyable it's it's it makes you feel good to watch it like i mean yeah it's not su- a super thriller and it's not like <laughs> You know, dynamically, you know, beautiful to watch or something. It's just, it's a feel, true feel good movie. I guess. Most of the people in it are miserable. <laughs> they are in Minnesota, so. <laughs> Minnesota. They talk about the German heritage of Minnesota because they have this Oktoberfest thing, but they have such a Scandinavian heritage in Minnesota, too. It, I mean, even his name reflects a Gustafsson. Yeah. Because- Gustafsson sounds German. But Gustav's, Gustafsson is Gustav's son. The way they na- the way they do last names in Scandinavia, or the way they used to do last names anyway in Scandinavia, is they would take the dad's first name, and if it was a boy, they'd say son, and if it was a girl, they'd say daughter. Uh, I can't remember Bjork's real name, but Bjork's last name ends in daughter. Mm. And 
uh, you know, you hear son more often because in our culture, you take the male's last name. Right. So son is the one that's, that's you know, uh, whatever, proliferated. But, yeah, like Gustav's son would be Gustav's son. That's why Eric the Red's son was named Leif Eric's son. Right. So that's where that comes from. So it's it's a Scandin- it sounds Scandinavian to me anyway, Gustav's son. You know, watching the Oktoberfest, it reminded me of Frankenmuth, and it made me want to go there. Well, it's the middle of winter, so... Yeah, I've been there in the middle of winter. Frankenmuth right now. They're they're awesome for Christmas time. Freeze our asses off. Yeah, but then you eat the nice warm German food. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it's Oh goodness gracious. Get <laughs> your mind out of the gutter. Well, you're the one uh listening to the offspring thinking they're talking about <laughs> underage sex or whatever. <laughs> anyway. Um Yeah, but that's uh, that's about all I gotta say about it. Yeah. So I guess that's our episode for the week. If you want to feel good and happy, eat popcorn and watch Grumpy Old Men. Okay. Okay. And what else should they do to feel oh, good and happy? Come to our website, mm-hmm. <laughs> retrolatefee.com, mm-hmm. and write us at latefee1994 at aol.com, mm-hmm. and tell your friends all about it. That's right. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.